Welcome. You are listening to the Retirement Lifestyle Show with Roshan Lungani, Eric Olson, and Adrian Nicholson. This show is an exploration of ideas to help you work toward your ideal retirement. Get ready for the financial independence of your dreams. Welcome to the Retirement Lifestyle Show. I'm your co-host, Roshan Lungani. Here today, it's Adrian and I holding things down. Eric is out. I believe he's at a conference uh, this morning. So, Adrian, how are you doing? How has your week been? My week's been solid so far. Looking forward to today's podcast. I'm a little sad that Eric's out, but uh, I'm sure we're going to have a good podcast without him, though. Yeah, we've got a great topic today where we're focusing on retirement planning. And I, I think, uh, you know, as the retirement lifestyle show, I feel like it's been a little while since we've had a retirement focused um, episode. So, yeah, I think this should be this should be a good one. Adrian, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And that's why I said I'm so sad Eric's not here, because right when he heard that topic, he's going to wish that he was here. So. But Eric, we'll hold it down, like Roshan says, without you, and uh, look forward to when you join us back. Yeah, I'm sure he would have a lot to uh, lot to add. He has to do that in the comments section this week. <laughs> yeah, or one of our podcast meetings. But uh, yeah, I'm all set. I'm ready to go. Okay, so start us off. So today I'm just going to be discussing a Wall Street Journal article that was written by Andrew Welch. And I thought this was a really interesting article to share with our listeners and viewers today that was just really excited about. And I really like the title name. It's called Why Your Retirement Plan Should Include Ice Cream. And I really like ice cream a lot. And I really enjoy doing retirement plans as well. So this all lined up really well. So I was really excited to really read and get to know what this article was about. And it had some really important points that it addressed that I think are really valuable. And it was really trying to really show how you can maintain a high quality life, especially in those extended years of retirement. And I think that's just really important what people really look for nowadays, not only just to live their life in retirement, but enjoy it as best they can. So I'm really looking forward to it. So what are your thoughts so far before I really dig into this article, Roshan? I love the title. And uh, that actually reminds me, I used to do this class called Science of Happiness at the Senior Center. And uh, seniors would come in and we would uh, we would break down books and articles. But there was one person uh, we were we were talking about uh, a sense of accomplishment in retirement, oftentimes having that things to look forward to things that you're accomplishing would make you feel good. And uh, but it doesn't have to be anything huge, like changing the world, it's whatever, whatever is great for you. And this one person said, her, her, her uh, sense of accomplishment was having one spoon of ice cream a day. So uh, I, if I have her, still have her contact information, I should send her this article just based on the title alone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that lines up perfectly with the title. And it's just really important, just doing what you enjoy doing, having something to look forward to. I mean, that's pretty much the, the name of the game. And it's just really enjoying all those years of retirement that are just extremely important. So I just want to just tell the listener and viewer right now just to think of something that they enjoy doing or that what they like spending their time with. And then when you're thinking about that, then you really got to ask yourself the follow-up is how are you going to continue this throughout your years of life, especially as you get older? I'll just share an example. One thing I enjoy doing is I like going out and playing golf. I've always enjoyed doing it. I really like doing it especially when it's a nice day out, something that I see myself doing for a really long time. And I'm just really going to break it down to help really 
have the setting of what this article really is trying to address today. So when I go out and play golf, the first thing I have to do is I have to take my equipment, my clubs, I have to load them in my car, I have to get in my car, I have to drive over to the golf course, and once I get to the golf course, I have to take my clubs out of the car, I have to go out to the course, get a golf cart, and 18 holes, and if especially a hot day, I'll probably be out there for four hours playing golf, and then after that sun, I have to get back into my car and then drive home. So all that for me is really easy right now, and I can do that, but I know over time that maybe that could be a little bit more difficult. Let's just say my clubs are a lot heavier, and I'm not really feeling I can't really do that today, or the heat is really causing a lot of issues to me. There's a lot of things that I can see over time that can keep me from doing something that I really enjoy. So one of the things that this article brings up is that it's important to audit your choices. So once you've thought of that thing that you really enjoy doing, look at it and really analyze it and see what are some maybe obstacles or what are some things that might be able to get in the way of it that you really need to prepare now so you can continue doing it over time. So that's one of the really big points that they're trying to address here, Roshan, that I think is something that people really can really need to consider if they want to keep doing the things that they love doing or enjoy doing. So on that golf scenario, Adrian, uh, just uh, thinking how this how this applies, would that be, you know, needing a caddy? You know, get uh, uh, what would be the solution if you're when you're retirement planning for this? Yeah, that's a, that's exactly it. You could get a caddy to help you bring your golf clubs around. But one thing too that the article really addresses that plays a big factor into the example I just gave. One of the largest costs in retirement that people are faced with, with on a daily basis is transportation. So if I get to a point where I really can't really get behind the wheel anymore, I need assistance, I need to look for alternative solutions to, one, get me to the golf course and then get me back home. So that's one thing where they say this is why you need to audit your choices. Because if I'm in the mindset that, oh, I'm just going to be driving myself to the golf course all the time, that might not be the same situation as I get older. It could just be tomorrow. Like I might have an ankle sprain or something. I can't get to the golf course. So having auditing, auditing your choices is really important here so you can have some temporary solutions and be prepared so you can enjoy and you don't have anything that stops you so you can continue enjoying what you're doing. So then just looking at the transportation costs and that, that going up, I'm sure Uber helps that a lot. Exactly. And some people might not be comfortable with using Uber, so they may rely on a relative or a friend or whatever have you to help you get to wherever places you need if you're in that type of situation. So having a maybe a social group or a support group, whatever it may be, to help you out in certain circumstances is also something that they point out as well. So that's what they really want you to do is really audit your choices. Not saying you have to get rid of them, but just if you have something that you really enjoy, something you really value, you want to have everything put in place as soon as you can so you can continue doing it for as long as you can so you can maintain that high quality life that they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that reminds me of, of um, a client I have that's in Arlington and uh, she stopped driving years ago and um Arlington offers a, a discounted taxi service for seniors. There's also something called Arlington Villages where you have volunteers that will 
uh, and, and I don't know if it, the golf course would work for this one, but I know they'll have volunteers that uh, you can sign up for that'll take you to doctor's appointments. So when you're auditing your choice and planning, I think thinking about where you'll live in retirement and does that local community have something that might help uh, with some of these solutions like that, that senior cab program i can't remember the exact cost but it is at a major discount so much so that any kind of ride share won't compete unless you've got like a free ride as you mentioned with a friend or family member driving you mm-hmm. yeah that, that's awesome and just moving forward on that that ties into later on in the article when they discuss that there are three phases too that you need to really consider when it comes to this planning aspect that are really valuable that I'm going to share right now. The first one is navigating ambiguity. And this is really important too, especially let's just say you're in that transitional period in your life where you're moving on from work and you're retired, where this first stage navigating ambiguity is, this is probably a point where you want to do a lot of stuff that you maybe put off or you really didn't have the time for. So this is a time where you're really just seeing what you like to do or how you're really going to be spending these years, these these years of your life, which is extremely important. So this is phase is where you really probably will be doing a lot and just seeing what you you like or what you dislike or what's something that you could continue on doing. And I think this is a really important part where you have to look at all the choices and see what works for your situation, maybe what doesn't work for your situation. So that's a really important phase. What do you think about that one? Yeah, uh, that reminds me, I'm trying to look it up right now, but of the uh, retirement phases, we did a podcast on it previously. Um, I can't remember exactly which episode or or what the title was, but those first, I think, five years or so of retirement are where you would be, as the article saying, navigating ambiguity. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then the next phase is called the big decision phase. This is a common one is where you're going to want to live. Should you stay in the place you are right now or you should relocate? That's definitely going to vary by the individual, just depending on what your interests are, maybe your family and your friends, where they're at right now. This is the big decision phase. So moving on from just doing everything that you enjoy doing, just enjoying this new phase in your life, then you're going to get to a point where you're going to really need to make some big and tough decisions. And where, where you're going to live is a really big one, especially in those later years of your retirement that really can support the type of lifestyle that you want is just extremely important. And I bet you see this all the time. I definitely do. This reminds me or, or, or it reminds me of a, a couple clients and you know, actually a couple of people I play basketball with where you know, they, they um, started off. Um, having, uh, you know, being snowbirds and heading down to Florida. And uh, two of the three people that have come to mind have actually since moved to Florida uh, the majority of the year. They still have their place. One of one of the three has moved completely to have their places up here. But their time up in the northern Virginia area has just gotten uh, less and less. Mm. Yeah. And it's just again, really centered around the type of lifestyle that you want. And that's why it's just such a big decision. At the end of the day, I really can't think of anybody that would want to just move somewhere that doesn't fit their lifestyle or doesn't have the things that, that they enjoy in life. Maybe there's some, you know, give and take. There's maybe some things that you like, but some things that you dislike. But at the end of the day, people want to find something that best suits their needs or wants. And 
whatever it may be, just to really help them and support them and really maintain the lifestyle they want. So that's just a really big phase that you have to really consider after things really start becoming routine or you're really starting to see what life's going to be like in these later years. It's just something that people really need to consider and look at when they get at this point. And then the last phase is managing complexity. And this is really your day-to-day operations, your day-to-day life, what that looks like and how is that going to really support and help you be prepared just to go about your day so you can really take care of, like I mentioned, your needs, your wants, whatever it, it comes down to for the individual, just so they have a healthy, happy life. And this is just extremely important. And this is where I want to point our listeners and our viewers to an episode that we recorded a couple months back. It was called Aging in Place. This was episode 131, where we talk about the benefits and disadvantages of aging in place the impact of memory loss and self-deteriorations, solutions of what aging place would mean for you and your family, technological advancements in the spaces, and resources and ideas for well-planned aging in place where you're really trying to create a lifestyle that's not only good, but that's supporting your everyday life so you can continue to do whatever you need to do in your everyday yeah that that is a great episode as well that lines right up with what we're what we're discussing uh discussing today that was an interesting article i wish i could find the retirement phases uh episode for us to for us to review but i if we if we can find it we'll add it to the show notes mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a it's a really good article as well and i also like how they address the importance of technology as well with helping out with this planning aspect of those extended years of your life because there's new technology that's coming out every day to really help you with some of these things that might be causing issues or may prevent you to keep enjoying the lifestyle that you want that these new pieces of technology this innovation that's coming out and some of them we address on aging place i definitely recommend you go checking out that podcast that really can help support and help you with whatever it may be that you're going through in your everyday life so you can continue to have that high value life that you want, that lifestyle that you really enjoy, just really relying on technology can be can be really valuable in some people's cases. And then the last thing too that you touched on, which is really important as well, is communities. This is a really big aspect of it as well. And the article talks about the benefits that living in a multi-generational community has on people having an extend life, extended life as well. And one thing, too, that it does, living in a multi-generational community, people of all ages, is it can open you up to trying new things, which is really great because maybe there's some things that you might really enjoy, but you're not really in a position to really try them out. But if you're surrounded by people that are opening up your horizon to new things, you might find something that you really enjoy in retirement that can really help or improve the lifestyle that you have right now. So I thought that was really interesting, the community aspect of it. Not surprised to hear that. That's something that uh, I've seen or heard from other people that just um, it helps keep them young. Right, being mm-hmm. around, being around other other people. I know when I, I've I've had I've some clients that'll go into these uh, fifty plus 
uh, communities and some that'll that'll uh, you know, go into these senior living communities and others that will do everything they can to, as you, as you said, age in place, stay in their home. And oftentimes the people that are choosing to stay in their home are saying that they prefer a neighborhood with kids, with people younger than them, just because it keeps them uh, keeps them young. Yeah, there was really like three criteria that they had for the community. It's got to have intensity, density, and accessibility. This is where everything's really close by, and it really supports basically whatever stage of life you're in. That was uh, something really important. And it's really interesting, too, where they said some of the ideal communities are college towns, really are the perfect fit for this situation because they have cafes, sports, interesting people from all different walks of life, different age groups, and typically major university towns have medical colleges and hospitals as well to support whatever healthcare needs that you have. So they, they did mention college towns as a way to fit some people's uh, situation, which I thought never really considered or really thought about in this situation. You know, that's a great, I, as soon as you said it, I thought, oh, that makes so much sense, but I have never thought of that before. Uh, I actually have a client who has retired to a college town in North Carolina, but in, in her case, um, she does work with the university. It wasn't a choice for this reason, but I've got to ask her if she's noticed some of these other benefits. She's always said she's loved it, loves the community down there, but uh, I don't know if that's necessarily tied to the college town feel or not, but I, I will definitely be asking her about it. Yeah, definitely let me know. I'd be really curious to hear about that. And we'll share it with you, our listeners and viewers, if we get back to that as well. We'd be happy to do that. And just the overall last point or just the theme that I want to really draw here is that how communities, companies, innovators are really nowadays really focusing on inclusion because creating a place for people of all ages and abilities really does make the world a better place and really helps people maintain that happy and healthier life, which, you know, at the end of the day, we, we really want and is just really valuable. Yeah, I agree. That's great. I really like this article. Yeah, it was a really great one. I was really happy to share today. Listeners, viewers, if you have any other questions on this topic that we brought up today, we'd be happy to answer them in any way we can. And definitely go check out that Aging in Place episode as well. That was a really good one that really ties into what we what we talked about. Uh, excellent. And now continuing on, I think this would line up in the third phase of managing complexity. So uh, Adrian, tell me, tell me your thoughts on that. But I've seen uh, online and I've even talked to some clients and where they've asked, with the markets being down, do I need to lower my retirement withdrawals? And so I thought it'd be a great opportunity to, to address that to you know, those people that are looking online or anyone that's got, got the question. I wish I could give you an ex- a simple answer of yes or no right now. Unfortunately, as it is in the managing complexity phase, there's a little complexity re- related to this, to this answer. But I want to share with you the process and, uh, and you know, other, other things to think about in addition to talking about taking money out, I think it's also uh, worth thinking about, you know, uh, opportunities in this in this market and as you're taking money out, where, where to take money out from. So let's start with the question again. You are, imagine you're retired and we've had, uh, you know, 2022 Fed's raising rates, markets are, uh, are down pretty big, but you still have your expenses and your bills to pay. 
So it's a natural question of my account values are down. Can I still take out what I've been taking out? What I've been taking out. So the first place I would tell you to start is with your financial plan. As uh, all of our listeners know, we are planners on here, all three of us. Uh, you know, Eric not being here today, but that's why I'm including as the third. We do financial planning for our clients. We help them look at their entire financial life, look for all the opportunities, look for uh, uh, all the needs, plan out their expenses. So when I would start with your plan, I would first look at, well, what do you need and breaking down your expenses. What I've learned early on in my career and still holds true today is people typically fall into two groups. You have the group that tries to minimize their spending uh, or at least when we're running uh, projections and estimates, they try to minimize their spending with the thought being, well, if I'm spending less, I'll save more or I'll sort of force myself to fit inside of that budget. And some people can do that. Some people, some people can't. We capture that over time by, by monitoring your bank accounts and your spending to figure out if you're that, if you're that person, are you actually spending at that level or are you spending a little bit more? And then you've got the other side where you've got people that pad their budget a little bit with the thought being, I don't wanna fall short on a month to month basis. So if that means I'm saving a little less, that's okay. So when you start with your plan and figuring out what you need, I really think you've gotta acknowledge which type of person you are and then figure out your expenses. A lot of times people will view this as a budgeting exercise, which it is, but a budgeting exercise for people can be intimidating, and they oftentimes will think they've gotta be exact to the penny with the budget. So I'll tell you, when you're figuring out what you need, if you don't have a number or a spreadsheet or an actual budget in place, there are many places you can use online to figure figure that out. One that I've had clients use is uh, you need a budget. Uh, it's ynab.com. I've had clients use that before and they've and they've liked it. Uh, however, even an estimate's fine. If you can say, well, I spend five thousand a month, let's say, that's a starting point. So if you're using the the estimate, that's okay. It doesn't have to be down to the penny, but that's where I would start first is looking at your plan. And I picked five thousand dollars a month at random, just as a, you know a round number. But if your number is five thousand dollars a month then I'd look at, okay, well, what are you withdrawing from your retirement? And if you've got other sources, pension, social security, et cetera, where's that $5,000 a month coming from? Mm -hmm. I think it's a really good place to start as well. And something I think is really valuable too is really you could go with a conservative and an aggressive number too to really see where you're at because you could go with uh, that 5000 which might be a lot higher than you expected, but you could still see that, you're, hey, you're on track right now, which could really give you more breathing room or whatever it may be. It just really shows the value of having all these scenarios put out in front of you where if you don't really, if you don't really have a plan and you haven't really ran these numbers, you're kind of just walking in the dark. So having this laid out and having multiple scenarios running can really shed some light on where you're at right now or where you could be at, which is really important. Yeah, I love what you brought up. I'm going to I'm going to put that into one word and call it being flexible with your plan. Uh, 
Uh, and I really like the point you made of of look at if you don't have any any kind of exact number, look at a high end and a low end for you know setting up these goal posts, and you can always adjust. So on my example of five thousand a month. Um, let's just say hypothetically, you've got social security, pensions, et cetera, uh, that will bring in 3000 a month. Well, now you're 2000 short. Are you taking out 2000 a month? Are you taking out more? Are you taking out less? So starting with the original question of, do I need to lower my, uh, retirement withdrawals? Well, first is what you're taking out sufficient. Is it too much? Is it too little? And knowing that this can be adjusted really quickly and really easily. Yeah. The reason that I want to quickly just address because maybe it, if Eric does listen to this uh, podcast, or I should say when he does listen to this podcast, I know he's probably going to say, Roshan, what is the most tax efficient way that I should be doing this as well? Because that's got to be one of the biggest considerations as well, because again, if you're pulling money out right now and you need to meet your monthly incomes, and let's just say markets are down as well, the last thing you want to do, be doing is also withdrawing in an inefficient tax efficient manner you know that that's actually my third third point on this uh and i've got a couple subcategories as well um uh so my my second one and i will come right back to this uh though uh adrian is where do your cash reserves stand so using that example of of uh if your expenses are 5,000 a month, we typically would recommend a minimum of two to about six times your expenses in cash. So that'd be, uh, you know, at $5,000 a month in expenses, that'd be between $10,000 and $30,000 just sitting in, sitting in cash. Well, where does your cash stand? What's your comfort level? I bring that up because in my in my previous example, let's once again, you need five thousand a month, you have three thousand coming from social security, pensions, et cetera. Well, there's two thousand a month that you need to supplement from your retirement. And right now, let's ex let's exclude taxes. Let's say this is after tax. You've got two thousand coming in. Well, well, let's say you actually had three thousand a month coming in from your retirement. Maybe you do lower it to two thousand a month, knowing, as Adrian mentioned earlier, you can be flexible and bump it back up, and you just give it a few months to see where it goes. The more cash that you have in the bank, the more flexibility you have with it. Right. What I mean by that is if you've got that six months of cash of $30,000, you can let that 2000 run for a few months and then monitor your, your bank account and see is it staying the same? Is it lowering? Is it, is it going up? And that can help you make, make that decision. If you're well above the 6000 a month because, I'm uh, sorry, the six times uh, or the $30,000 in this example, the six times your expenses in your, in your bank account, well, maybe... Uh, now, are you comfortable with lowering it, right? And so we typically look at cash for needs uh, and op opportunities or emergencies, right? So the, the, the excess of cash, or the, is there any emergency that comes up? Do you, even if it's not a major emergency, did you just pay for uh, multiple vacations in retirement this month and you have a bigger credit card bill? Well, that's what the cash is for. So you can pay that, pay that bill, right? So it's needs or, or opportunities. I'd argue that the market is pr potentially presenting you with an opportunity and leaving, lowering your retirement in, uh, withdrawals will thus leave more money invested. 
right? So is it a, t- a time to tap into your into your cash reserves? Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, that's the second the second uh, the second item. And now, Adrian, to what you mentioned um, that you thought Eric would be interested in, which accounts are you taking your withdrawals from? Tax efficiency being one, your regular uh, investment account that's fully taxable, maybe you've got some capital losses, you can offset some gains, and maybe it, maybe the 2000 a month was coming in from your IRA before, maybe now you take a part of it or all of it from your regular investment account just because of tax efficiency moves, or maybe you've got your, your Roth IRA as well, which... It's worth looking at. I don't know how much it makes sense on the next point of where you're taking your withdrawal from is uh, in, in addition to tax efficiency, what investments do you have where? So if your Roth IRA is your more aggressive part of your portfolio, uh, we use the term asset location when we talk about this, what investments are in what account. So if your Roth IRA is your more aggressive piece, maybe you don't want to take it out from there. Maybe somehow tax efficiency or the bracket you're in argue uh, the other side of it. You've got to look at all of the information here, right? Maybe if if uh, asset location says don't take it out, but tax efficiency says you do take it out from there, maybe you offset some of those uh, aggressive positions elsewhere. So that third point of what accounts you're taking withdrawals from, both taxes and what the investments are, are uh, important in making this this decision. Uh, also, just another point of uh, we started down this path of you know, do I need to lower my retirement withdrawals just tied to what this market is. This topic to me is something that I believe you should review every year regardless of the market. So every year with clients taking retirement withdrawals, we will look at all of their accounts and say, should we still be taking it from the place we were taking it from? So I've got multiple clients where we have made adjustments this year as to which account they were taking their retirement withdrawals from. And some of it uh, was tied to the market, but some of it was just part of our annual planning and annual review of where you should be withdrawing from. So though we're talking about this um, with the backdrop of a of a declining market, I would encourage you to look into this every single year. You know, if you're taking out that two thousand dollar number, I keep I keep referring to. If you're taking out two thousand a month from for, for retirement every year, what should that two thousand dollars be comprised of as far as which account? What what should be brokerage? What should be uh, IRA, traditional IRA? What should be Roth IRA? So looking at all of those things. And why you're looking at those accounts and those different areas are both um, required minimum distributions if you're of that age already, tax efficiency uh, as well, and just the investment accounts in general and where the opportunity lies, right, with with what's happened and what's going on with the market. So I don't think this is just a conversation that you have in down markets. I mean, the impact is huge, especially if you look back to over time, just doing this in an efficient manner, pulling it from the right places, managing the cash reserve, whether it's opportunity or covering emergencies so you don't have to, are forced to withdraw from certain accounts. This could really make a big change to some people's overall situation just over time right now. So just doing these things where you're really just positioning yourself, just moving money from one place to the other can really help you stay on track. You're not really doing anything additional or going out of your way. You're really just managing it and being efficient as possible. And this could 
help you be in a way better situation in the future, which is just so important. Yeah, and there are other opportunities that reviewing this can bring to the table. We've had episodes dedicated to uh, to Roth conversions. We update every year as well the most efficient uh, places to access your portfolio. And a lot of these things don't change significantly over uh, year over year. But just as an example, if you're looking at uh, taxable income of you know, in 2023 of under 89,000, that's the 12% bracket. If you're going above 89,000, you're now in the 22% bracket. So that's a 10% difference. If you can save 10% on taxes, that can really help extend your extend your money. And as I said, in many cases, this is just a really quick review that takes about a half hour or so to do. And in many cases, there, there may not be any changes. But if you could save 10% on everything you're taking out in retirement by doing this, and I'm using a, a big comparison, but even if you go up a bracket from 24 to from 22 to 24 percent, that's a two percent savings, or 24 to 32 percent, that's an eight percent savings. Uh, anything you can save to help extend how much. Uh, how long your money will last, or to help increase the amount you're passing on to your heirs. I think that's well worth uh, a half hour a year of your time. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one, Roshan. It's a really valuable topic that you brought up today. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you're, you're welcome. I have one last item to this uh, question. Once again, the question being, do I need to lower my retirement withdrawals? And that's just strategic sales of assets. I talked about this one briefly when I referred to the investments in each account. And I talked about, well, maybe you're selling some gains to, uh, uh, because you've got some losses that you can offset in your taxable account. Well, when you're looking at where your retirement income should go, I think you should look at the investments across your portfolio as well. So in addition to uh, at the beginning, I said the first step is run your plan. The second is review your cash reserves, which is the different uh, asset of yours, your cash that you've got in the uh, bank, checking, savings, money market, those type of accounts. Then third was where you're taking withdrawals from. Fourth is strategic sales. I went back through the list because to me, if you decide to access some of your cash, as we talked about earlier, that to me is a strategic move. That's a strategic sale of the cash or withdrawal of the of the cash in order to keep the invested part of your portfolio or, or in order to lower the withdrawals you're taking from the invested part of your portfolio. The other strategic move I, uh, I mentioned is selling some of your uh, winners because you're offsetting with some tax losses you had from selling some of the some of the losers and, and using that to create some of the withdrawals. It could be just adjusting what you what you've got. I mentioned earlier if you had to sell some aggressive assets in one account, well then you can and you like those investments, you can purchase them in in a in another account. Be careful of wash sales in this kind of in this kind of scenario. But that's another thing just purely from an investment perspective, just being opportunistic with your moves and looking at your portfolio overall when making these decisions and not just the account, but all the way down to the individual investment level. Yeah, that's another important one. 
So I've given you things to think about with, do I need to lower my retirement withdrawals? I know I haven't given you the exact the exact answer, but I think this will put you on a path to help determine what the answer is. And I did cover uh, a lot in this topic. And even going back bigger picture, Adrian covered a lot as well with, with retirement planning um, also. But a lot of this stuff will take you about the time it took you to listen to this podcast to, to, to review it and uh, yourself and make those determinations. If you need help with that, we're always available. Adrian, myself, Eric, our information is, is in the show notes. You can reach out to us uh, via uh, email, via LinkedIn, uh, through our, our website, retirementlifestyleshow.com. And we're, we're there available to help you answer some of these questions. I know with the tough markets, it's a difficult time. So it makes, it makes sense to, uh, review where you stand and see if you've got to make some changes. So Adrian, any thoughts or la- uh, last things you'd want to add on the retirement, uh, planning, um, the article or the need or the question of do I need to lower my retirement withdrawals? Yeah, I mean, we definitely gave the viewers and listeners a lot to really consider. And that's just what we're here to do, really give you some ideas or stuff that you really need to take a look at just to help improve your your overall situation. I mean, that's what we're here for. And any ideas that, you know, help that have helped you in the past or whatever it may be, we'd be happy to hear from you and just let us know. We always enjoy giving feedback. If you have any other ideas for us, we'd be happy to discuss that as well. Yep. This has been another episode of the Retirement Lifestyle Show. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Please like, subscribe, give us five stars, tell tell your friends and family, and thank you for listening. Schedule a conversation with Roshan, Adrian, or Eric today at retirementlifestyleshow.com. Roshan and Eric are certified financial planner practitioners. They, along with Adrian, are investment advisor representatives and serve clients across the U.S. with financial planning and investment advice through RTA Wealth. If you found this show helpful, gain knowledge, or enjoy the time you spent with us, tell your friends and leave us a five-star review. This will help others discover the show. To access our show notes, to download any of the tools mentioned in today's podcast, to ask us a question, or to schedule a conversation, go to retirementlifestyleshow.com. All opinions expressed by podcast hosts and guests are solely their own. While based on information they believe is reliable, neither Arate Wealth nor its affiliates warrants its completeness or accuracy, nor do their opinions reflect the opinion of Arate Wealth. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and should not be regarded as specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. The show hosts offer investment advice through Arte Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor, and securities through Arte Wealth Management, LLC, member FEMRA, SIPC, and NFA. Finally, our music is The Chance, by Jason Shaw in Audionautics. It's part of the YouTube Audio Library and it's licensed under a Creative Commons license. I am Ray Voices. Thank you for listening.